Hello everybody, uh, welcome back to Unscripted, show about the power of music. Um, I'm your host, Matt, aka Cut Corners. It's great to see the friends in here, the Kitchen fam. We got DJ Gons, Burnt CDs, Last Call, uh, Five Foot Short, Justin Sweeney. Welcome to all you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, and shout out to everyone who tunes in on whatever you listen to this or watch this on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever we, we post it, actually. Um, hope you guys are having a good day. Um, I'm really excited because uh, Nick's an old friend of mine, um, and I want to welcome our guest. He's a key person at Serato HQ and uh, in New Zealand. He guides the products that Serato makes. He's also been a really important part of the Aotearoa New Zealand uh, music scene, contributing as a producer for some of the best talents from there. And has also won a few titles as a DJ. He's kind of an all-rounder. You can follow Nick um, on IG, Twitch, and SoundCloud by just typing in uh, exclamation point follow uh, in the chat if you're watching on Twitch. So uh, won't you please join me in welcoming Nick McLaren to the show. What up, Nick? Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, That's a nice round of applause. How's my... Um, hey, I need to get the uh, angles right, eh? Yeah, you're looking good. Yeah, nice good morning. You, Very early for you. Thank you so much for accommodating this schedule. It's what, 8 no a.m.? No, no. Yeah, 8 a.m., yeah. yeah. Apologies in advance if you hear kids screaming trying to get to school. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have you on the show, man. Um, let's get right into it. Um, I wanted to, You've been at Serato for like a long time, longer than me, and I've been there for a long time. Um, <laughs> so I'm really interested to know how you started working there for the people that are watching or listening. Yeah, so started way back in, I'm going to say 2008 at Serato. So not quite the, the first, you know, years, but almost. I think when I started, there was about 15, 20 people from memory. It was small enough where we would sit in like one room on a Monday morning and all talk about what we were going to do that week. You know, so it was very, very startup vibes. Like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, and it was kind of like, we changed the, the script every week uh but you know in a good way because we were able to right um we were we had scratch live in the market um you, you know the sl1 was out i believe we were sort of in the process of developing the sl3 i think the 50s the rain 57 had just come out and we're also starting to think or we're thinking about itch uh you know with with newmark and Vestax. uh but anyway how did i get the job i got the job because new zealand was like the, one of the testing grounds for scratch live right like it was, you know, you, t you test with real people when you make a product and you test it with the locals and we were the locals. And, um, you know, I, I'd sort of established myself as a reasonably well-known DJ um, in, in, in New Zealand. And uh, myself, Greg Harper, who actually also works at Serato now, um, you know, we were given this laptop with Scratch Live on it. And, and yeah, it's also a crazy story if you think about how far technology's come from then and now it's like we were given a laptop because we probably didn't have laptops like i don't remember having a laptop then i, mean, I think i had a desktop uh but you know it was like here's a laptop and we've made this cool program try it out and so i sort of got to know like sam gribbon who was the previous CEO, you know the kind of like the original ceo of serato not not the founder but the ceo um that sort of took us through that massive growth period with scratch live and things got to know him through like sort of testing and, and stuff and just over time just talking to him and I was like, yo, should, can I get a job with you guys at some point? <laughs> um, I was working for a freight company. Uh, you know, it was, it was a cool job as well. Like I was just doing operations and things for a freight company, but I was like, I kind of want to work for this music technology thing. It was always a goal of mine to work in technology. And um, 
I just was, I think I pestered Sam for probably about a year before I actually got the job. Um, and it's sort of a, you know, you, as you do when you want a job, you sell yourself. You know, was like, obviously I had the DJ skills, but uh, I went in as in customer service, so just in the support team, um, just answering people's questions. And But I was like, yo, I can speak a bit of Japanese and I can help you with Japan and, you know, do all the things that you want to do to, to, uh, to sell yourself to get a job. But that, that was it. And again, it was like at a pretty fast growth period for the company and got in early and I'm still kind of kicking around, annoying people and doing cool stuff. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. It's 14 years, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, 2008. Yeah, it's 14 years. Holy. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things I really want to talk about there. First of all, um, I think uh, something that we encounter a lot or I encounter a lot with my job is that a lot of people have this perception that Serato is this massive company, this big tech giant. Um, and, and a lot of that is maybe due to the fact that like the name Serato is, holds quite a lot of weight, especially in North America. And, you know, it's been shouted out by Kanye and uh, a bunch of people, E40, um, you know, sorry, oh, ASAP Rocky, Little Yachty. I'm getting some, some people in there. Um, yeah. But the reality is that the company is still rather small. Um, so you said there were 15 people working there. Or 20 yeah, I, can't, I should I should have done done a bit of research, but I'm pretty sure it was like between 15 and 20 ish. Um, and I think of those original members, um, in terms of who's working in the company, there's probably myself and three others still there. Um, oh. But yeah, so yeah, about there. Yeah, and, and yeah, you're right. It's not a huge company. I think it's like impact culturally on DJ culture and things has been, and and I guess hip hop culture when you talk about artists has been a lot bigger maybe than. The actual size of the company, relatively speaking, you know, something like Spotify is what got thousands of employees. You know, we're we're still in like you know we're about 150, right? So we're pretty we're pretty small globally in the scheme of things. Um, so, but yeah, so been a fun ride. Love it, love it, love it, loved every minute of it, just yeah. about. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah just about. Um, it's also cool talking about the laptop thing you mentioned. Um, I'd love to know if people who are watching uh, in the chat or you know, was the reason why you got your, your first laptop uh, because you wanted to use it with Serato? Because that was, for me, that was like, I was, I actually lost a, a crate of records, like my, my club crate, you know, I'm sure if you're from that era, you everyone had that crate that had all your bangers in it. Someone stole that when I was moving house. And so I was like in a bind and I was like, oh, there's a Serato thing. I'm going to go get a laptop and then I'll be able to play all my gigs and I'll just download my shit from LimeWire or whatever. Um, and that was my, like my, not not willing introduction to Serato, but it solved a solution for me. And and I think a lot of people, like their first introduction to laptops and computer technology was probably from, um, yeah, probably from wanting to DJ with, with Serato, right? Right, right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we had this big debate early, early on um, about whether we should ask customers to put in an email address so we can contact them for, you know, support reasons and whatnot. Should we require an email address to download Scratch Live because so many of our customers didn't have an email address? And so that was like a massive barrier back in the day. You know, you, you, know, you bought a laptop, but you didn't necessarily even yeah, have an email address. So it was, it was this very, I know it doesn't seem that long ago, but I think 14 years in like music technology is pretty crazy, right? Oh, so, yeah. 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 We're going to get into um, that in a bit, actually, uh, about <laughs> the technology stuff. We've got some great people in the chat. I just want to give a quick shout out to a few. We've got Master Lee. We've got Anik Creations. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, but Mr. Sonny James and, uh, yeah, DJ J Rasik and SFT Beats. Logan, we've got a, a bunch of homies from Serato and HQ in New Zealand. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you also about was you, you also mentioned, um, you know, you spoke Japanese and, um, and you know, you were developing some products like Vestax and with Vestax, which is a, a Japanese based com company, also um, Pioneer, you, uh, Japanese company and Roland, all like incredibly influential companies based out of Japan. Like they've shaped and created products that have changed music history and, uh, you know, invented sounds and created this, you know, totally different landscape. Um, yeah. T could you tell me just a little bit about that? Like what that was like working with these companies? Yeah, it was co really cool. And I feel really privileged to almost witness um, and be part of like that golden era. I'm going to say of like DJ kind of equipment. Um, you know, I think um, that's not to say there's nothing, you know, there's lots of cool stuff can, you know, constantly coming. Yeah. Uh, but there was this, you know, this period in time, I think before a lot of the consolidation and yeah, companies like Vestax, like uh, Korg, like all, everyone was just trying to do crazy stuff, <laughs> you, you know, like I think, and I, and I do miss a bit of that, you know, I think, and I, I was really lucky I was able to be in Japan for a lot of that. Um, so, I mean, the background there was, I had this kind of big lofty goal growing up. Well, not even growing up. I did Japanese at high school and hated it. I did. You have to do a language in third form, which I think for modern people is was that year ten. I don't even know. Year eleven. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I, I did it. I did it in my first year of high school and hated it. But you had to do a language, and and then uh, then I went on as you know you sort of mature your thoughts and things um, after I left university. I uh, left school, high school you know, worked for a few years, was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I sort of thought, I was like, you know, Sony was killing the world at, the, at that time for like music or like just technology. It was like Walkman's, Discman's, PlayStation 1, uh, PlayStation 2. I was like, I, I want to go work in Japan for a, like an electronics company. How do I do that? And I was like, I should go and learn Japanese. That's probably feels like the first thing I should do. Um, and so I went and did a Japanese degree. Uh, and, you know, that takes three years and you graduate with pretty bad Japanese to be honest you know like it gives you the foundations but um you know you need to go and really immerse yourself I think to uh to really develop like good language skills you know I think doing a few hours a week at university and you know book learning it you're never going to get super fluent that's my feeling um where am I going with this anyway yeah so I learned Japanese and then fast forward a few years after that I somehow made it happen with Serato and was able to I uh, go and live in Japan and work uh, firsthand with yeah Pioneer, Vestax, uh, Denon before they were acquired by InMusic, uh, Korg. Um, yeah, we set up the Roland thing. Um, you know, countless cool. I'm just thinking like, do you know the Abisan from a what's the is what's is it Disc Jam? You know, and he makes his own needles. Oh, yeah. That's right, like, Disc Jam just, in Tokyo. Just seeing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just just seeing all that stuff firsthand was just incredible and I, you know I'll forever hold that as like a really special part of my life you know like some had some amazing times over there some crazy times some bad times but like yeah just going to Vestax and seeing like stacks of you know the was it the fader one no was it the controller one yeah controller yeah. one's the turntable what's the one with it like they they made a synth and it's just faders oh really I think you yeah know, Gons you know, may have mentioned that in here to chat I can't the fader board, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, the fader board. Yeah, so it's like it's. I think the synth was licensed from Korg. Oh wow! And so it's just got this really cool engine in it. Uh, there's no MIDI in, so you can't actually plug a regular keyboard in. The only way you can control it is with like faders, and it's you know like I think is it twelve faders maybe? Like each each thing is like a you know a semitone. 
Um, and you can control other synths. Well, it's got MIDI out, but no MIDI in. Um, anyway, those kind of products, turntable guitars, they were just trying cool stuff. The industrial design was really interesting. Um, so much innovation. Yeah, and then you go, yeah, yeah. And then you go over to Korg and they're doing crazy stuff for like, you know, synths and like, uh, yeah, it's just, just, just a cool time. Yeah, man. It's amazing to me sometimes I think about, you know, and how some of those things have really just gone on to like really revolutionize things, you know, like, uh, I mean, and they even have the synth thing and like some of the newer mixers like the S11 and I mean, that they had that in the 909, DJ 909. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's. It's fantastic. And it's so cool that those things happen. They're quite wild ideas, like you said, but they, sometimes they go on and they just change music forever. I mean, I was, I'm, I was really fascinated. I've been really fascinated with a lot of like the keyboard, the synth world side of like, you know, obviously Korg and Roland, mm. like you said, they've had so much, so much influence on popular music, all the music we love. So yeah, it's wild. You know, and, I, and I think when you're in the moment and you're like in the room and you're designing it and making it with these people you don't really realize the kind of impact it's going to have on the world at that time you know obviously you hope it has an impact but you never know um and so yeah like you say you might be making one thing here like i think like when i wasn't actually it wasn't like my invention i mean it never is there's a huge team behind it um yeah. but it was actually done just i think it was already in development when i joined serata but like you know the classic kind of two by four pad layout that you see on everything now um i believe that was like dylan who worked on that with Novation for the Twitch. I think that was Shout the first Shout out Dylan thing. Wood at Ableton. Now, yeah. Right? yeah. But you know, that kind of thing where you like, and we're thinking about what modes it should be. Is it cues, loops, slicer, like all these kind of crazy things. And then for that to go on and kind of have its own life, you know, and it gets put on like the, the pioneer stuff and like the rain stuff. And now it's just almost like an industry standard. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. And you don't think about that when, um, you know, when you're, when you're doing it, I don't think. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's almost like I've I've seen uh, Crossfader. They made a vi uh, YouTube like series about classic DJ gear, and it's really cool. Like seeing it from, you know, because I, I think uh, you and I actually were both working at Serato at the time of the launch of the DDJSX, which was, you know, probably the first real pro controller, the first controller that went mm -hmm. with uh, Serato DJ, and that was a huge launch. I remember that being a, a really really big deal. And they did like this kind of classic DJ gear series, and they talked about how how much of an impact that had. You know, and the S9, and I know you were quite, a, you were very involved in both of those products, um, right? Yeah, 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 that, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so that was like when we first started really collaborating with Pioneer, uh, like in a, you know, in the in a war room kind of thing where we're throwing bits and pieces together. You know, I can't talk too much about it because you know yeah. it starts to get a bit like top secret. But yeah. but in general, like the best products we make um, is. You know, you sit in a room with Pioneer or in, in music or one of these companies and you bring ideas from both sides together and it, you know, you take away heaps of stuff. Like the first designs for some of these controllers were crazy. You know, there's like 400 butters on them and it's like, let's take off some of the buttons. Let's make it simple. Let's, let's, let's kind of try and make it easy to, you know, our thing for Serato and I think it carries through in most of our products. It's like, it doesn't have to be complicated to be really fun. Uh, and especially when you're DJing or in, you're in the middle of something, I know we're doing this kind of flow thing at the moment, but that's really key, right? It's like when you're like in the flow of DJing or making music, if it gets too complicated, there's too many buttons, too many features. I just, I, I fundamentally, fundamentally believe it just becomes like really unfun, right? Yeah. When you have to stop and think about things. Um, and so, yeah, the design process, I think when, when we do it is just that in mind, we keep it simple. 
Uh, but, you know, ideas from all companies, you mash them together and you come out with something hopefully really cool. And that's where, yeah, S9, you know, became has become a really iconic kind of mixer. You know, it's obviously derived from lots of things. You know, there's lots of things that came prior to it that sort of, you know, helped shape it. But I think now that's like, you know, sort of like a new platform, right? That's gone on to influence further mixes. So, yeah. It's, it's really awesome to hear that. And I know that you've been, uh, you know, instrumental in quite a lot of the product development and launches of hardware at Serato. Um, outside of those ones that we just talked about, what are some of the, the favorites that you've, you know, you've been part of? Because I, I mean, I can think of a bunch. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's been a lot, right? I think there's like features within DJ. Um, there's like Serato Sample, super like, again, that's one of those things where we made it. It was almost a bit of an experiment. And then it's gone on to have this life. And then you're watching Twitch one day, you're watching Timberland and he's using Serato Sample. And it's like, we haven't paid for that. He's just picked up Serato Sample somehow. And he's like using it to like make beats. And it's like, I wanted to be Timberland <laughs> 10, you know, 10 years ago. I still do want to be Timberland. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've, I'm like, I'm like thinking I was watching, was it Fade to, you know, you watch Fade to Black and Timberland's in there with Jay-Z with his jug of juice or whatever. And you're like, he's like the icon. And then you go and watch Twitch and he's using Serato Sample. So like, I guess those moments for me are still, still crazy, still blow my mind, still really special. Um, in terms of other things, you know, like I think I've got this memory of like the bridge with Ableton and how it's, it's kind of, it's pretty crazy. Like it's, it's pretty wild. Like we built Ableton clip view inside Scratch Live. We came up with a way to communicate, like it's called, I think it's called the tunnel where you got audio routing. You could load an Ableton like track in Serato and like playback, you know, mix it in with your set and included mixtape. That's like right. It's, it's, it's what a crazy bundle of things that I think it would be almost hard to pull off these days. But I think at that time it was wild. We were like, why don't we do this? Yeah, let's do that. Why don't we do this? <laughs> so like, you know, I think I've got some quite special memories for that, for that period of time. We just, we did go a bit crazy. Um, and totally against what I said earlier about keeping it simple. <laughs> <laughs> I love though, like how you just kind of were like, um, oh yeah, and it had mixtape and it's almost like this kind of afterthought, but like, if you know, you know, it's like one of those things, if you know about it, like it was really revolutionary and there's been nothing that's ever, like there's nothing out there still to this day that even does anything remotely like that. That right. and, I, and for me, I remember when I found it, I literally went out and got like Ableton and I bought the 57, just to do that because it was like this is insane i can record my mixes have them tracked out in ableton and then edit them in post and adjust the fader and like add effects and it was like all of the eqs were recorded and like you could automate that was like yo i don't know how you guys came up with that and i, I think i even asked you this like when i first started so i was like yo you did the bridge like oh my god and i did like a presentation on it and stuff i'm i'm still to this day it's like one of my the most crazy things that serato's ever done um, yeah, and I yeah, secretly yeah. hope that it comes back one day. Me too, Matt. Me too. Let's bring something <laughs> like that back. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we can keep it uh, yeah, a little more simple. You know, we can make it, uh, it was, yeah, it's pretty hard to use. I think, like, you know, a lot of it was quite hard, but, yeah. uh, and ultimately I think that meant it wasn't picked up by a lot of people, but there's some diehard like fans of that product that like, I, I know it like devastated that it doesn't, you know, hasn't continued on. But yeah. on, on that that same concept um, on the dark side of product launches. What are some of like the big learnings like about that? Like, I mean, I think um, 
you know, we've launched in my time, we've launched products and I thought, oh, this is going to change the game. Like people, everyone's <laughs> going to use this. And then people haven't used it. Have you had, what, what have those experiences, you know, taught you or what, what have, what have you gone through with those? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, you know, cause I need to be sensitive to, you know, partners talking about hardware and stuff that maybe sure. hasn't done as well as we hoped. Um, but I, cause you know, and again, back to that comment I made earlier, like you're always in a, in a room and you don't, you don't quite know how it's going to be received. You know, you hope you're onto something. And like you say, you put it out and it's like, meh, you know, no one really cares or it's too complicated or it's not the right time. I think for me, a lot of it, it's timing related. You know, like I think sometimes you can either be just a bit late or way too far ahead of the curve when you launch stuff. Um, you know, there's like, I'm, I'm going to say, I think the Roland, the DJ 808, that's, that's a really cool product. It's really hard to use effectively. Um, I've seen people master it. Like I think Alchemist has the 505, right? Like I've seen Alchemist use the DJ 505 and that's crazy. I mean, commercially it wasn't like a massive success, but it's something that's, um, and I think we thought maybe, you know, maybe it would be, you know, I think, you know, Roland's um, brand name is massive in music production. Maybe it didn't quite carry across to DJ. Um, that's, that's maybe an example of something where like, I think it's really cool. It's probably a little bit complicated. If you're an 808 head, it makes total sense. If you've never used a, you know, a, an 808 or a TM8, uh, what, what is it, the um, TR8, you know, it doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's those kind of things, you know, when, you, when you're making it, you're like, this, this, this is cool. But you're like, oh, it's kind of pushing it a bit. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot, there's, you know, of course, there's lots of that. We, we make a lot of products, um, and not everything is a massive success, and I think we'd be lying if we said, like, everything we did just knocked it out of the park. Uh, but a lot of it is, like, you learn from it, right, and you move on to the next thing, and you take those learnings, and it's just that's just how life works, really. Yeah. Yeah. We got JMKM here. Uh, shout out JMKM, who was also, like, part of the beta testing for Serato Sample uh, in L.A., which we did with a bunch of uh, folks from Toronto and L.A. It was super dope. Uh, you were there for that, too, Nick. But um, she has a question for for you. Um, were there any things on the flip side um, that you know we developed that were way more successful than you thought? Yeah, well, I think I mean throughout a sample, I, I you know I did talk about that. Um, you know, it's been been really successful. I think again, like probably just even culturally more than um, you know. You know, obviously you know commercially successful sensitive whatever but um you know like again you, you turn on things and you'll see just these big artists using it and we hear like oh it was used on the kenya album or it was used on you know it was used on donda 2 used on donda 1 it was used by so and so on this it was used by you know on the asap stuff so it's but like it's on it's being used on all these records that uh i love and listen to it's like oh shit they are using the thing that we thought about in a room one day in, in auckland and now it's being used to make records for Kanye. So there's that, there's that kind of thing. Um, I think like, you know, the DDJ SX, that was like a massive success, both, you know, in terms of like user feedback and commercially. Um, and I think it was one of those things where up until that point, like controllers had never really quite nailed it. You know, there was like, there was really cool stuff. We had like, you know, the, the new mark, there was the NS7 motorized platters. There was the, you know, the Vestax, the VCI 380, had the, the pads. There was the Pioneer, the DDJ S1, which was there. And they were all a bit different. And the SX took, I guess, all the best bits and put it on a controller. And I think and it's when you first look at it, it's like, it's it's cool. But it's also kind of plain, maybe. 
Um, but that just, I guess, went on again to start a new, like it was a new format of controllers and it's like a new product category, category almost, right? Like it's, it became the thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I think like even before that, you know, like Pioneer are really big. They, you know, they had like massive success, obviously with CDJs and their components, but they weren't really a, like a force in the controller space. And I think again, even for them, like they, they've acknowledged like that SX period for them was like this massive you know they didn't realize the impact it would have on them either so yeah that's awesome now um so you know you've been like you said earlier you know you've been kind of interested in in music and technology um you know what are, what are some of the things that i mean you've kind of talked about already but what are some of the things that you know you've found inspiring about working in that space specifically yeah i don't, don't want to repeat myself but i think i mean the big thing for me is like i'm a, I'm a fan of music and a fan of artists you know you know like and a fan of artists but you know i'm a (laughs) you know like i'm a fan of the people we are making things for and that's naturally happened and i'm thankful that we've made things that people actually want to use but um i mean the thing for me is we we're coming up with something today that i'm going to see artists use in three months six months 12 months time and that's going to hopefully change the way they play with music and the way they make music and for me that that's just really special right i think that's the biggest thing is like working in a in a space being out of and, and it's to be honest it's not even artists you know like let's just take like serato's kitchen and studio like you know we were doing the serato kitchen thing on twitch i'm meeting all these people from around the world from texas you know shout out gons you know we got burnt cds like all these people in the discord and they're using the products that we're cooking up we're we're, we're sort of made in new zealand and they are using it to create music and hopefully, you know, bettering their lives. So that's really, really special to me. And I don't think I get that same feeling like working for a bank and creating like a, you know, a, a banking app or an insurance thing or something, you know. So I feel very lucky that, you know, Serato for one is even in like it's, for, you know, New Zealand in the scheme of the world. I know it's like famous for clean green, whatever, but it's fairly a fairly insignificant country, you know, like I'm sure like a lot of people probably can't point to it on the map. All blacks fans um, would highly disagree, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> but, but, you know, like I think, uh, I'm really lucky. I feel that Serato just happens to be in New Zealand. Uh, and, and it's a, like a, a leader in the world for like music tech and the world works in this work, you know, the world works in mysterious ways and, I've somehow ended up there making cool stuff for people around the world. So I'm very thankful for that. And that's very exciting. And that's what keeps me like going every day. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Shout out the Serato's Kitchen fam. We've got Michael Cooper in here, um, you know, and, and obviously Burnt CDs and, and Gons. It's really cool. I got to say that's one of like a very inspiring part of what, what I do for Serato is, is being able to interface with people like that um, and, and see what people are, are making, you know, with the, the products and, how good it is like it's crazy uh, it's really like motivating for me to to do stuff too and and i i really love that you know people like yourself and other people at serato that that you know make beats make beats and then contribute it to that discord channel if you're not following the discord or if you don't watch the serato's kitchen and you're listening to this podcast definitely check them out you know we've got all the the past episodes on um you know on um on youtube and and whatever um and you always, yeah, you're, it's always like crazy to me when they play the submissions and you're like, whoa, like 
there's some insane talent. Like I would happily listen to the, a playlist of this. Uh, and it, and shout out to Neat Creations because she's really pushing for us to make a, a an actual mixtape of all these beats because they're just so good. So I mean, yeah, we really should yeah, do that. That, that. That's that's a great idea. We should do that. Yeah, I mean, we can we can actually put them out. Shout out Tracklib for that um, yeah. because yeah, it's really inspiring. And 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 actually, shout out Gons too because I had a really good. I hope you don't mind me, uh, you know, blowing it up the spot. We had a good conversation via text the other day, just talking about, you know, create creativity and. You know, um, the I mean, I've talked about it in this podcast too, but you know, the the nature of being a creative person or doing creative things is sometimes there's a lot of self doubt involved in making music, and um, you know, you can get really down on yourself and think you're no good or you know your 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 creations are worthless. But when you actually publish them or you share them with people, um, you know, you get feedback, and that feedback often is very either constructive or motivating, and that will encourage you to make more music. And ultimately, it's it, that's that's what you need to do, you know, to keep going to get better at it. So it's like this kind of self fulfilling prophecy where, you know, the more you do it and the more you share it, the more feedback you get, the more the better you get. So, yeah, if you're a producer and you want to tap in on that Sorrell's Kitchen submissions, man, it's it's actually you can I think you can just type in uh, exclamation point beats. I'll do it for you in the chat. If you are a beat maker and you want to get involved, there's actually a video on how to do that shout out guns again um, and yeah shout out yeah exactly don't leave your creations on a hard drive like a graveyard that's absolutely <laughs> it yeah what's uh what's because uh dj jazzy jeff's got his thing right like don't die in, was it die no die, die empty. empty yeah yeah like get just get it all out yeah yeah so that yeah don't. we've you if you you know those that's jazzy jeff you know i mean he's the goat so uh yeah a lot of people are are, are, are kind of subscribing to that mentality so yeah, definitely highly recommend it. Um, now let's uh, let's go back in time uh, for a little bit because um, when I first met you a long time ago, um, and you t- you touched on this that you're t- you're competing in DJ battles in New Zealand, and um, and actually you know um, you you won the the 2000 ITF uh, finals, right? No, I won the Auckland the Auckland regional, and then I was runner up in the final. Okay, I think much we have... to the crowd's disappointment. <laughs> I think. I... <laughs> <laughs> I think we actually have some footage of that. Um, if you don't mind me playing it, just for uh, for context. Can can we can we talk about the t-shirt afterwards? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, here we go. We're gonna run that real quick.
Yeah, give it up for 41 beats, everybody. Oh, man. oh that deserves some. <laughs> that was uh, way longer than I remember, too, eh? It's like three minutes of like pure uh, fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that shirt, that's got a funny story. So, Fubu, so that era of like DJ battles in New Zealand was like massive. Like, that, I think that was like the town hall or something. It was, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like hundreds and hundreds. I'm not, I don't know if it's a thousand, you know, but like the, the crowd was this packed um, with, with people coming to watch a DJ battle, which is kind of crazy. You know, there's like, cause it's, you know, it's a pretty like not really accessible thing in, in some ways. Right. And it's like a lot of just, it's a battle. There's a scratching all night juggles. Like it's, I, I'm a DJ nerd. I like it, but I don't imagine like your average punter like this want to hear some cool shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, they want to hear. <laughs> anyway, um, FUBU was like, I think the sponsor of the battles and like, you know, just before you got on stage, like, here, put the shirt on. It's like that big. <laughs> that was the time, uh, nah, though. Yeah, like yeah, that's cool. That sleeve's gonna get in the way of my my juggling, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's how that. And I think I did get to keep the shirt. Um, oh, you did it? I know I did get to keep oh, it. Nice. Um, but I don't know what happened to it. Because um, yeah, otherwise I could retire right now. It'd be like, like <laughs> yeah, you say sell it in the vintage shop, three hundred bucks at least. Done. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible uh, though, man. What I mean, what a time for for DJing, you know. That's yeah, like that was over twenty years ago, right? Yeah, I was I was I'm gonna say was it eighteen? Was it? Um, and I I think around that time as well, the drinking age changed in New Zealand from twenty to eighteen. So it was like leading up to those battles, I sometimes had to be like snuck into the club in the back door because I was underage. Um, yeah, it was cool. It was good. Like I mean, that was I I guess that's a pretty good summary of like how i started djing i don't know if you wanted to talk about that stuff but like yeah. i just wanted to like i just wanted to scratch you know like i initially i wasn't even really interested in being like a, a club dj or whatever i just wanted to like nerd out and scratch and juggle and i just i liked the art of it and i liked the kind of weird stuff you could do with records and turntables so that was like the motivation yeah I think it's safe to say you got pretty good at that actually um <laughs> i can't i can't do that now man. i like if you ask me to do that routine now i'm like no. It, was, it was crazy technical you know i got like power downs and like different like using the 33 35s uh 45s and um yeah it's it's cool it's cool yeah. I, I like that i like that that's documented actually you know like it's yeah uh, there's not a lot from that time i think from new zealand so shout out to reminisce that's on dj reminisce's channel eh? that's right yeah shout yeah. out dj reminisce he streams actually quite often on uh twitch if you're if you're not familiar he's a he's a bit of a legend himself and his son is also an incredible and a legend a young legend uh k-swiz right that's his son yeah 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 shout Actually, out k-swiz k-swiz i think is really like out of all like the current battling like dj battle stuff like k-swiz has really been you know pushing the envelope there as well which is cool so you know it's not he's not reminiscent son he's like k-swiz <laughs> the man <laughs> very know, true like, yeah, yeah 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 um that's it's cool yeah he, some some great um like dj like Battle DJs coming out of New Zealand, you know, spell spells routines, crazy. Like the for me, like the perfect kind of balance of like kind of funk technique and just comedy. Like he's just, a, and I don't know if everyone gets it, but for me, as like a New Zealander, it's like very like Kiwi humor. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's his What's his Twitch channel? It's uh, I spell shout spell out. spell maybe. I think it's spell three one six. No. Is it okay? I don't. I don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna th I'm gonna throw it in there if it's wrong. Forgive me, but. Uh... Yeah, 
spell yeah. and it's, he's an incredible producer too um yeah uh so and he streams all the time on twitch you know he's won all sorts of battles uh I, man i gotta get him on the show actually i met i met yeah, spell in vancouver when he came to canada for the the three style championship actually yeah no he's, he's the man i think he's i'm really happy that he's found like a cool space on twitch i think like he's incredibly talented producer uh really really good dj but never quite had like a hit record or never quite like made it as a well, you know, he had some good club gigs, and I hope he's not upset by this comment. But you know, he never like really cracked, like really cracked it with like making money. I think of DJing like as a apart from like your local club thing. But I think he's like so much more talent than that. And I think he's found his home as on Twitch streaming. He can just be himself because he's a funny dude. And um, yeah, he's got this. It's really cool to see him like just have this big fan base and make cool stuff on Twitch. Like I'm really, yeah, it's it's great. I love that those platforms exist for this stuff. Yeah. absolutely actually uh, uh, hopefully hopefully this isn't too controversial but like i feel like as a new zealander as someone who grew up a new zealander and you may be able to relate to this but you know new zealand is a very small population i think the country what five million people now mm-hmm. and it was i mean growing I, up it was always like we got three million and now it's five yeah. but yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's like the like three mil three and million is, is the population like vancouver the city mm-hmm. like i live in so it's like in the big scheme of things it's a smaller population and um and I, I remember like thinking like, yeah, if I want to do music here, this is going to be a real challenge career wise. Uh, and I feel like someone like Spell, who's so talented, Twitch has been a, a huge opening to the world. Uh, uh, you know, if it wasn't for Twitch or the internet or, you know, a lot of things like SoundCloud, where all of a sudden the kind of the borders went down, you know, like and, and, and much the way I feel about someone like yourself, you know, a very talented person. Uh, unless of course you get out of New Zealand sometimes or you find a lane for yourself in New Zealand you work within the mm. confines it's really actually quite difficult to have a, a career in music in New Zealand yeah no, totally, you're totally right yeah I mean you can you know I think in the days of selling CDs there were some quite successful rappers you know and I made a very modest living during that time um, trying to sell you know I was selling albums and like touring and stuff but very hard to like make it make it you know um and i think you know that's where yeah the internet the internet has uh <laughs> has played a massive part i mean there's you know i know there's you know seth got the waves he's based in palmerston yeah. north and yeah. he's like making like he's just palmerston north for those that don't know is just i guess a very minor town halfway between between two big towns um and he's really good at playing guitar and he makes like guitar loops and like instrumental like beats and he's like got so many placements with like current like big records you know that with like that melodic kind of trap sound you know that's really internet money gunner kind of sound he's just got so many placements like obvious and he lives in palmerston north and like there's some guys i think i'm, I'm gonna say mastodon i might be wrong someone can correct me um twice as nice a couple of guys and they produced for rihanna just out of and they just live in a yeah. provincial town in new zealand isn't that sick drums um, Sick drums, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And they hooked up, I think it was at twice as nice as like some Aussie guys and then in with DJ Mustard and they've just, and now they're producing for Rihanna and they're probably just sitting in a room, you know, like this in a provincial town and have never maybe, you know, that's that's their life, you know, the small town. And, but they've made like incredible successes of, you know, making great music. Um, so, yeah. That's definitely really one cool. of the most yeah. buzziest uh, experiences for me was actually going to, um, like a, a a studio in Burbank in LA to see those twice as nice guys where DJ Mustard was for some Serato stuff pulled right. up um, and there was this guy uh, and he was wearing like a Jordan jersey 
And I heard his accent, and I was like, "This guy is not from LA." <laughs> and I was like, what "Oh, was he you... mum? Was it? Did he have this lovely mumbly kind of nasally tone like like us?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely very familiar to to you know very familiar timbre to me. And I was yeah. like, "Hey, man, where are you from?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm from." from New Zealand, eh? And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, I was like, no way, I'm from New Zealand too. And it was like instantly, like I was like, we got along. And then I realized that he, that's sick drums. And I was like, holy smokes, like this is the guy. And he made one of my favorite Neon- Rihanna songs, Needed Me. Yeah, great, great track. Yeah, love that song. Yeah. yeah. So shout out sick drums. I don't know if you're listening, but yeah, it's insane to me also being a New Zealander, how much talent there are, that, uh, you know, New Zealand pumps out. Um, and also... Shout out to those who do stick it stick it out in New Zealand because like it's a lovely place to live. So if you can if you can find that balance where you live and you grow up in New Zealand, because I was very very fortunate to grow up in such a, a lovely country where I was you know able to go to the beach all the time and run around and not really have to fear about have much fear about anything you know you know killer insect, insects or spiders or anything you know what I mean I was like very peaceful youth. Um, it's a lovely place to live. Uh, shout out Aotearoa, New Zealand. Shout, shout it out, Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you haven't figured it out yet, um, and speaking of sick producers and sick drums, uh, Nick McLaren is also known as 41 Beats. Um, and, you know, you kind of touched a little bit about, you know, having a career in music uh, pre-Serato. Um, and I'd love to just dive into that, if you, if you don't mind, just tell me about your beginnings as a, as a producer in the music industry. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so obviously, yeah, I was you know, making some sort of reasonable success, some headway DJing, you know, won some battles. I know I said I didn't want to be a, a, a club DJ, but after sort of winning and, you know, making a bit of a name for myself as a, a battler, often the way in back then anyway in New Zealand was, if you can win an ITF battle, you can rock a club. And I know that's not always the, <laughs> the, the same thing. Um, Definitely heard but, some of the contrary of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that, I mean, that was that was the thing, right? So you, the natural progression was like you do some battling, and then you make a bit of a name, and then it's a bit easier to get club gigs. Um, and shout out to like people like P Money, uh, DJ Severe, and those guys that kind of like almost paved the way for that. You know, um, that was a big thing. I know P Money went and won a. That's DJ P Money from New Zealand, not the the grime right. MC. Yeah. Um, but you know he he would win a, he won the, I think DMC New Zealand, and then really successful overseas but he made a really good name for himself club DJing in New Zealand and I think he kind of set set the kind of the the blueprint for a lot of us um anyway DJing making you know club DJing but I guess naturally I was just I'm quite inquisitive and I wanted to like learn how to make the music I was listening to I was like this is cool how do I wonder how this gets made and then just started studying being a student you know and then figured out that you you need an MPC um, so I <laughs> saved up lots of money and DJing and bought an MPC 2000 XL. Because they had that in the fl- Dr. Dre 2001, right? You saw it and you were like, I got to get that. <laughs> yeah, was it? No, I, don't, I think it was before then. I don't know why it was the 2000. Anyway, it was just the, the thing, right? <laughs> um, and just taught myself how to make beats. And I, and I think a bit, you know, back, back then, I, man, we sound old. But, you know, we didn't have like, you, you couldn't jump on YouTube and like, how to make a beat on an MPC. You kind of just had to talk to people and um, talk to people, talk to friends. And I like I read the manual like back to front during my lunch break. I used to work at a skate store. Oh, yeah. And, I like, remember my, that skate store, actually. Yeah, one project on High Street. Shout out to Barry Power. Um, we Yeah, like I would read the, the MPC um, 
manual like at lunchtime because I wanted to like master it. And I, I mean, I think you know me, Matt, but you know, I like to like, once I get into something, I go a bit crazy and I like all like nerd out on it and just want to like know everything about it. Um, so learn how to operate the MPC um, and started making beats. And actually through the same store, I met a guy called David Dallas, um, real government name, David Dallas, uh, who was sort of a fledgling rapper, very shy, very kind of, he was quite an introverted guy. Um, and heard some of his demos. I was like, we should make some music together. And we kind of just hit it off. We liked similar music. You know, I think at the time, a lot of New Zealand music was very, like, it was trying to emulate, I'm going to say that New York sound, that really choppy kind of, uh, you know, premiere style beats or that New York sound. And, and the stuff that I was into, like, I was into that, but I was also like, at the time, like it was like when Diplomats and like the 50 Cent mixtapes and like all that stuff was coming out. I was like, this is, this is cool. I want to make music like Cameron. And <laughs> and Dave was the same. Like Dave was like, yo, my favorite song is like the Dynasty intro, you know, like off the Jay-Z album. You know, it's like that dark Just Blaze beat. Um, Shout out Just Blaze. Just play, uh, Jay-Z just raps for three minutes at you. Um, uh, Do you want me to pull that and up? We have the power. What is it? The Dynasty intro? Dynasty intro? Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's like a really important song. And I think it's like still a, like a song I'd love to make. <laughs> you know, like Gee. it's one of those things like, how do I recreate that? It's just, and I think for if you're not ahead, like, like if you're not into it, it's kind of probably sounds a bit boring, but like Jay-Z's this killer verse, killer verse or killer song and yeah it's dark it's brooding help help me slow. out here nick what's it called is it called dynasty intro oh hang on a second let me just have a quick look it's the end yeah because you're going to search it in serata right so i'm searching on title because i don't have the whole album unfortunately okay <laughs> mate you need the whole album uh <laughs> give me one sec yeah um this had this can't be life on that. That was on the same album. That was like Kanye yeah. West's first big joint, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Is... We're not we're not doing very well, though, are we? Um, it's okay. This is live. We're live. It's on live, Twitch. live in the mix, because it's the intro. But I'm pretty sure it's uh like it's called something different. The dynasty. It's called. Oh, it's called intro. It's called the dynasty. Like the album's the the dynasty. Yeah, intro explicit intro. just give it a shot yeah see which one which intro we're talking about here let's see what happens all right fingers crossed this is the one Dynasty oh, yeah. as promised the world's most infamous got the big snare Rockefeller records this rock life familiar okay i mean you know for copyright reasons we should probably keep it pretty short but i get the idea um <laughs> yeah, tune. yeah i think i i remember that album that's a cool sample too i'm trying to it sounds really familiar but definitely i can hear the influence like so clear yeah yeah i think that song is like still the you know like i said it's still the thing i want to make you know um there's a song, a song that came out recently and it gives me similar kind of vibes, um, like very different, but also still like, it's like the song where it's like, it's kind of big, but it's moody and it's dark. It's like, you know, Seeing Green by Nicki Minaj? No, no, I, I don't know that song. Uh, it's like Little Wayne, Nicki Minaj, Drake. Like, oh, is it like Young Money Part 2? 
well it's like it's like the intro to the Nicki minaj album um ah. and it's the same kind of feeling where it's just um just just a cool loop and it's like just battle raps <laughs> it's this yeah it's like yeah i think two guys from toronto right kid masterpiece and jody is that right it's two guys from Toronto? A Toronto producer, JM Cam? Oh, awesome. I mean, that makes sense, I guess. His name is Govi. Okay. I hope I'm saying that right. That's crazy. Okay, again, I can't really play that, um, you know, too long. We've got to be careful about these things. That's incredible. Um, thank you for sharing that, um, JM Cam. I'm going to listen to that, that song. So- Check that song out. It's, it's great. I mean, it's just those three just doing like braggadocio raps over like this cool loop slow it's kind of dark it's it's at the same time it's kind of epic you know it's it's kind of everything i like in a beat (laughs) well speaking of which i'd like to get into um you know your track with david ellis as frontline uh this is breathe with me um which is off the the album you guys put out right yeah was this 2004 five you tell me yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 2004 or five yeah all right here we go 2005 maybe now i've heard the dynasty there's the there's the snare here coming up yep can tell what his stance is before he tell me his name It's soulfully obvious the jealousy swells in his veins It be swelling his brain, praying me feelings his aim Dreams are derailing me, playing, wanting to tell me I'm blamed But a steady hold his tongue, approach me on some, yo, what up? But you want that remix joint with scribe and said the flow was nuts So I guess you blowing up just cause P-Money knows the stuff You probably look at dudes like me and think that I'm just hopeless, huh? All right, we'll, we'll have to keep it kind of short as well. Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's crazy. Shout out to David Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was, that was a fun time. Um, I think, you know, like I, David went on to have a really successful career as a solo rapper. Um, you know, and that was sort of by design. I didn't particularly love being like an artist in a group. Um, but we made some cool songs together and we still do like we still work together on stuff we've got some stuff in the works at the moment so yeah that's um, awesome shout out to dave yeah yeah so you you're still obviously you said you're still working with david um is there anything you can share that maybe that you guys have got coming up together uh i mean not you know not concrete we just like i, I still make beats like i'm not gonna say every day but every week i'm making beats right and i'll still send them to dave and other people um you know other rappers i've worked with in new zealand pnc um you know i still send send people beats because uh, like i primarily like i had a period where i sort of made future beatsy stuff and i still like doing that stuff but for the most part i enjoy making like you know hip-hop songs right i like hearing people on them um and so yeah no we're just just working on stuff you know we're not like a, a sort of semi is, this, is it a project i don't know um Dave's, you know, Dave's very particular about what he wants to do with his projects. So, um, you know, I can't, can't like leak anything, but we're just working on some songs. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, I think it's really cool that, you know, I think, 
relationships within music are hard to maintain, you know, especially when it comes to creative things. So it's always like when I hear a story like that where, you know, you're still collaborating with someone like David, um, it actually, I think it, it's really cool, you know. I think, it, you know, especially when it, with creative stuff, things can change so often, tastes and priorities, you know, whether it's work or family or otherwise, can really change, you know, a relationship very quickly. And it's often not, you know, with any malice, but it's just always amazing if you can kind of have a long-term collaborative relationship with another person, uh, especially as you grow together. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah, for imagine. sure, for sure. And look, that's cool, man. Like Dave's career has really taken on, um, you know, a life of its own and he's been really successful. He, he just landed a big placement in um, the net, the Netflix movie. What's the the one about the basket? I should know this. The one um, it's like follows the basketball kind of oh, yeah. story. Yeah, that's a great movie. I really yes, enjoyed it. Ben Stiller one. What's the name of it? Um, anyway, he's got like the, it was, it's crazy. I mean, and that's what, you know, music is timeless, right? I think it's like a 10-year-old song from him. And they chose it because it's got links to Philly, like the sample he used. Um, that's right. Hustle. Produced by Fire and Ice. Shout out to Aaron and Jordan. Um, yeah, Hustle, that's the one. Thanks, SFT Beats. Also so, an incredible you know, that, that And like, that's like the kind of like the like the rocky moment in that movie like it, the song plays for ages like it's not like a 30 second background song it's like you know like it feels like a minute and a half of the song while he's training this training montage right where he starts to make it so that's the cool thing about music right like you make it and it happened 10 years ago and then it's kind of re- resurrected itself as it's as this thing and taken on a new life so yeah um would you mind sharing some of the other favorite artists that you've produced for uh, or remixed yeah, sure. I mean, you know, like, I mean, most of my, you know, I guess the music that I've made has been like with local rappers. Um, you know, I really like making music with a guy called PNC. He was always like quite experimental. David was very serious. You know, like David, David likes his stuff particular in a particular fashion. And Sam was probably a bit more experimental. Sam PNC was quite, he's quite experimental with how he wants to do stuff. Um, you know, we made a song way back like experimenting with like screwed and chopped vocals and stuff called who better than this and that was quite different at the time again people were making quite serious like we'd kind of gone through this new york phase in new zealand hip-hop to then making kind of you know there's a big rockefeller influence and a lot of stuff a lot of people were trying to rap like um you know jay-z or like freeway or the and all like young guns and that kind of thing jewels that had a big influence and then it was like we should try this kind of this sound is like what I've been like really getting hyped on. Like, let's try something like that. And um, yeah, so PNC. Actually, we, there's a cool remix of Who Better Than This. I think it's only on YouTube and it's got um, it's PNC, Who Better Than This, featuring basically everyone in New Zealand that was hot at the time. So Scribe, Young Sid, David Dallas, Louis Nux, rest in peace, rest in peace, Todd, um, Comma from Four Corners, and Mareko from the Decepticons. So it's kind of like the the all stars of New Zealand um, on on this uh, one song, which is cool. What is the and song? I yeah, I don't think it's on Spotify. Okay, let's pull it up. What is it called again? Who better than this? Okay. Remix. Is it better with an A or an ER? It's with an A. Yeah. <laughs> Just I thought, I thought I'd better <laughs> ask. Remix. Okay, yeah. Okay, it comes up. Sweet. Let's pull this up. Oh yeah, PNC. It's, it's a long song. Let's not listen to the whole thing. But no, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> let's go on one second uh who been in this oh, which one do i choose this is always like is there a, is there a remix yeah this one right danny spielberg let's hope this works out 
This is you on the beat? Yeah. I'm back, back, cat at the miners on skip. So watch a train of thought. I'm a ride on his bit. So switch. Full 128 KBPS resolution. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the original's on, on Spotify. Like, yeah. All need to get your swagger quick. Not only the lips, but the flow is Mick Tagger, bitch. Rolling stone brain is man. Stolen car painted black. Wild and horse. 2008. My satisfaction. Son, the baddest vaccines on MP3s. This is doing raid, disrupt, dirty in MCC, and a kid from MPC, and a BO. You can feel it in your bloodstream. Oh, this the sickest flow. Alright, we're gonna have to just yeah, keep cool. it short there. Um, that's crazy though. That, um, Definitely hear the like the chopped and screwed stuff, and I did want to ask you about that. Um, you know, obviously you're a big fan of you know Houston rap music, Memphis rap music. Um, how did that come? Like, how did what, what, what was this? How did that become such a strong influence on you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think like growing up in New Zealand, you know, I think there was there's like this East Coast movement, right? Like we grew up listening to like you know i guess all the big east coast records you got nas jay-z um premiere production you know, like dj premiere pete rock production was you know and then you've got like the west coast faction like tupac in general is just massive in new zealand like the tupac sound you know west coast snoop dre of course i mean it's big everywhere but it was like felt really big in new zealand and then there was also an element of like these random songs for, or like artists from you know the rest of like the US, like you know, Bone Thugs is massive. Like Bone Thugs and Harmony is huge in New Zealand. Um, there's uh, you know, Crucial Conflict. I remember that song being massive. And then you get songs like "I Want to Be a Baller." Um, was that? Um, I'm trying to remember. This is like a big artist. I've totally forgotten who it's by. Um, anyway, no, 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 no. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Houston song. Um, oh, okay. But there's these random kind of things that like would somehow make them into like playlists. Anyway. I guess I just started to like just gel with that sound. Like I, I'm, I'm a fairly, I think, restrained and mellow dude um, in general. I've never like, if you listen to even like the early frontline stuff, even like that, like it's not, they're not like party records. I've never really made party records. And I, I don't know if it's just because New Zealand and Auckland is like a car culture, similar to maybe LA and Houston, we're always rolling around in a car. Um, I just felt like, I don't know, the slow sound just gelled with me, man. And I just, I just liked it. And then I guess, you know, again, being curious, I started to um, kind of just investigate it more, you know? It's like, oh, I like this, I like that. And you link them together. You're like, okay. Uh, Little Troy, that's the one. Thank you, Gons. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just how I sort of, you know, and it wasn't like I was only listening to that. I guess it just became part of like, I guess my repertoire of songs and, and music that I like. Um, so, yeah, and I think from like the turntable side of things you know like the way people were like mixing i remember dj severe on that true school hip-hop show he's doing a lot of chasing right and then you hear like a dj screw tape and he's doing that but in slow motion mm. and and, and then i just started to like feel like and it was cool like it sounds bassy low and it's slow and i can't really explain it but i just started to really enjoy it man yeah it's slow low and banging <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah 
It's true, actually. Master Lee just dropped in here and he said Southern beats were also a big thing in the turn turntable. Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah, and I remember like even like the beats I used to like to practice over. Um, like y you know, you get like super duck breaks or something, and there'd be like the slow one. It was like the you know yo start front and lose is it lose your head or whatever. Um, and like that was my favorite one to scratch over. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, it's crazy. Um, it's crazy. Uh, we went. I remember our trip to south by southwest one year um and i was really really excited to to visit houston with you for for the first time i think um and we were able to actually go to screwed up records and tapes in in h-town because i it's it's funny because i remember you know as a as knowing you we've you've sent me beats that you've been working on before and i think you actually once sent me a beat that was called i've never been never been to houston <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad we got to remedy that yeah, that was cool, man. It was really, it was great to go and see like the origins of that, you know. Because um, again, I, I always feel like I'm just a student in this space, you know. Like I, I'm always trying to learn. Um, I don't know everything. Never claim to claim to. And so to be able to see like this stuff firsthand is is, is great. Yeah, yeah. So. And shout out uh, Michael Five Thousand Watts. We did an interview with him earlier this year, and it was really cool to hear him talk about, you know, like the more nuanced things about you know Houston, South Side, North Side. Um, you know, the influence of Memphis and, you know, and some of the, the Houston, you know, the early three, six mafia and stuff like that. And how, you know, all these things, it was, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it. it's on YouTube. Uh, Michael 5,000 Watts, obviously a very important Actually, he, player. He, he did a, uh, speaking of like, how did I even get into screwed and chopped in a random place like New Zealand? Um, he did a bone thugs and harmony greatest hits screwed and chopped. Um, oh, wow. And again, bone thugs was big in New Zealand. I, I always quite liked, like, I liked it. Um, and he did there's a screwed and chopped greatest hits of Bone Thugs and you can hear like thuggish ruggish bone and first of the month and everything like slowed and it sounds cool like yeah. and you know they're all because they're singing and it's pitched down yeah it's just it's just great yeah yeah shout and out yeah, it's not for yeah it's not for everyone right but uh, yeah I love it yeah it was also cool that we got to meet OG Ron C and the Chop Stars right and we got to show them Serato stuff that was really cool uh, especially because we've done some videos I've I definitely made some uh some content and uh yeah we've made we've we've learned the hard way <laughs> when it's not been true to the you know the form the the art so uh yeah much love to h town and and the chopped and screwed and yeah the, all of that um and you've also introduced me to um some of the newer stuff um that you're into like uh you know obviously the kind of i guess the the next generation of of that like funk uh, people like Ryan Celsius, I know that you're re you're really into them, and I was really stoked that you kind of talked to me about them. In fact, I I brought it up with with uh, Michael Five Thousand Watts. I don't think he was familiar with them, but um, yeah, is there anything you'd like to to say about that, or what what you like about that? Yeah, I think I mean it sort of it builds on like some of the things I like. You know, it's sort of a bit more it's you know a lot more Memphis sound. I think it's space is it Space Ghost Perp that kind of coined the term funk, and it's oh. this very dark. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of got, has more origins, I guess, in that 3-6 Memphis sort of sound, you know, DJ Spanish Fly, DJ, you know, Zerk. Like, do you know, do, do you know like, the DJ Spanish Fly Cement Shoes? It's like a song from, like, 93, and it sounds like it came out today. Um, <laughs> it's crazy ahead of its time. But, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, it's like those kind of screwed, chopped, like, dark vocals kind of, you know, just, it's smooth. Um you know, I think there's just something about it. Like there's, uh, there's this, I think he's, he's a French producer, Soudier, 
he's um you know he makes he's, he's got incredible albums of just this kind of jazz samples trap beats screwed and shot vocals it sounds like um it could be out of houston with like a bit like memphis influence um and it's made in paris actually sorry he's just got a placement on a larry june album oh out, right so, which is which is cool again the power of music right he's like this kid that he's got fans around the world and now he's making probably art like music for artists that he loves so um yeah, Ryan Celsius. I mean, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan Celsius, man. His his visuals and the stuff he puts on YouTube are incredible. He's got this series called Trapping in Japan. I think that's how I might have stumbled across it. I was maybe just searching like trap music in Japan, um, and uh, but he's got up. yeah, and he's got these like, these these like hour long mixtapes of this underground SoundCloud kind of funk, instrumental hip hop, kind of screwed and chopped, ever just mangled stuff. It's slow. It's wavy you know it's floaty uh paired with like incredible visuals from like old anime like just walk like there's visuals from walking around japan some guy with a gopro um just you know it's, it's a it's a 3d experience matt it's really you know it's like it gets you everywhere but i love putting that on like it's great just to just vibe to yeah yeah it's like uh <laughs> yeah like music to study to but not <laughs> but not yeah yeah and it's a it's a you know, and it's sort of, it's like equal parts aggressive and equal parts very chill. Yeah. And I think that's like what I quite, yeah, what I like in it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I was, it's super inspiring. Actually, I pulled up this uh, DJ Spanish fly uh, cement shoes. Let's give it a, a run. Hey, shall we? Yeah, go on. Hopefully this is the right one. Look at these graphics. <laughs> you can skip forward a bit if you want. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe. Oh, here we go. Most replayed. crazy ahead of its time yeah yeah it's crazy it, it, now that i hear that i'm i can like i don't i'm curious to know what year this came out um i think it's like 92 or something or 90 like it's let's, let's go into the dark web what are the, what are the, what are the, the comments, comments say? yeah <laughs> the originator of the whole memphis underground sound wow that's so cool 42 years old holy smokes it's yeah really old i don't know how factual that is but could be but yeah like that you know that era um, or, you know, that sound is like really shaped a lot of, like you said, like that Memphis sound, like, you know, go on. It's like, you've got, you know, you can imagine Project Pad over that, but you can also imagine like ASAP Rocky jumping on that now, right? Like, it's kind of like, you've got how those influences have come through. It's just really interesting how everything's getting molded together now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's fascinating. Um, Larry June too, jump getting on that, that kind of stuff. I, I really like that about Larry June actually, like, um, you know, I, being a producer of music myself for a while like you've heard a lot of the same samples but every now and then you know you hear someone like larry june over like a familiar sample but it's been recontextualized and yeah. modernized and it's so cool uh 
my friend Big Jackson and I talk about that a lot and it's like it kind of it's kind of nice because I feel like there there was a time in hip hop production where it was like a no-no to use a sample that somebody else sampled and it was like why <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. it, that's actually the best thing yeah, flip it and make it your own, and then it's actually kind of cool, right? Yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I love about actually the the kitchen is you you get everyone using the same sample, yet there's house music, there's trap music, there's boom bap, there's like lo-fi stuff. There's like everybody approaches it in a different way. They have their own techniques, and it's the same sample. So if that's the variety we're getting in just a small group, think about the world of music. Like, why would you limit yourself to only been able to flip the, the sample once. It's, right. It seems very small-minded. Uh, I'm sure that's probably going to aggravate the, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people that are maybe a bit precious about that. But yeah, but you know, you got so there's so many tools now, right, to like make music with. You can kind of do anything. Um, I was watching that was the tra- I think it was a track lib uh, Instagram post yesterday of like how Havoc flipped like this little piano sample, crazy little micro chops to make Hell on Earth. I always thought it was just a loop. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just a great example of, you know, he, like, I would have never done that with that sample. Uh, but why, you know, I'm almost kind of quite keen on having a go and seeing what I do with it. You're right. You know, it's like a, it becomes a challenge. There's just so many tools at your disposal now to use the same thing, use the same samples, use the same sounds and make it your own. I think it's like a really cool thing that's evolved and has become a little bit less of like a, um, you know, a barrier or a gatekeeping thing. Yeah. Because it is really inspiring. And to your point, you know, I think that's the magic of some of those records that we love, like, you know, that Havoc and, uh, you know, Q-Tip and all these people are doing with the, you know, the technology limitations of the time. Uh, they were able to, you know, take samples, chop them up or rearrange them and, and make them do something that, that this, it's such an art, you know, you, you really cannot deny that. And, and they were working with these parameters that are obviously not the same anymore. Yet, why should we be limited, you know, like, now now it's almost right, like right. yeah like let's let's go as crazy as we can there's really no reason why this sample that is originally at 100 beats per minute cannot be 70 you know <laughs> yeah at yeah, whatever yeah. key you want you know yeah yeah totally yeah. yeah um okay cool so um outside of 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 recommending you know people download and use Serato studio and Serato sample to do those things um which are which are both products that actually you help bring to life um uh shout out you nick uh, 41 Shout minutes. out to me. <laughs> <laughs> what are some cool production tools you're excited about using? Yeah, I mean, so for bass, like I love I love Sublab. Sublab's like just the the tool I use it on everything. That's cool. Um, what does that do? It's just a just a 808 bass generator oh. thing. Um, it combines like samples with like a sine tone or you know a, a wave of your choice. And with some extra compression on it, it's just really good for making those like custom 808 kind of sounds uh, you hear quite, you know, on records. But you can also make traditional bass sounds and all sorts of things. I love that for bass. Um, pretty simple, but at the same time, you can tweak it if you want. Um, man, I know it's a go to for everyone, but RC20, you know, such a great plugin to put on things. I, I love putting RC20 on stuff. You know, my go to kind of chain, right? In studio, would often be like RC20 is like one of the first things if I want to freak it a little bit. Not too much, you know, but just make it a bit dirtier uh, or make it, you know, just got a good reverb in there. Just, just, yeah. Texture, just, right? Just texture. Yeah. yeah, just make it a bit more interesting. I do think, you think it's the thing, right? Do you think it's the IG filter of production, though? Like, yeah, totally. But yeah, I think you can still, there's still ways of tweaking it. I don't think it's, like, you don't notice it. I mean, if you, like, crank up the wobble 
like you can just put like the lo-fi hip-hop preset on right and make the thing like the guitar loop wobble and get it like a kind of slumpy break and then you have um got a, lo a song to study to right but you can still <laughs> use it in useful ways i mean there's other things you know there's more you know slightly more in the i'm gonna say inaccessible things like waves do a um cool it's like a tape emulator thing um i guess the thing is there's probably not like one tool i use all the time but th those two would definitely come to mind i mean i use like isotope ozone on the master just to make it sound a bit more polished um you know oh what else i mean i, I got the like the Arturia um analog um like the old analog um what's it called this one analog, analog lab experience this one with the, the oh, wood yeah. grain <laughs> yeah yeah i had the exact same one yeah i still use it still i still use those plugins because i think you know they're kind of like a timeless sound right they also um, do a good mellotron emulation which i think is yeah. sick yeah but i think like um you know over time like i don't think you need to get you know don't need heaps and heaps of tools to make cool like great music and i think um, that's what we're trying to do with something like studio or sample right as it's like it's kind of got the stuff you need sure you i mean you can like if you grabbed ableton or logic you can do absolutely everything in the world right but it might take you time to get there or it might you know there's, there's so it's so limitless sometimes i find it like a little bit less inspiring whereas with studio it's like we're gonna you know do some auto chops we've got some you're gonna do we've got some drum kind of like skeleton stuff for you to work with and like you're away within seconds um i know this has turned into a plug for studio but shout out to studio um but you know that that's the goal with it right is it's just to make it like fun and fast and not overly complicated you don't need 500 plugins sure you can do it if you want to create like your little sound but you don't need it yeah, no, that's actually the thing I really enjoy about it too. Um, again, not to try and plug it too hard, but yeah, it actually sped, speeds up my workflow and allows me to create more frequently uh, with with surprising yeah. results. You know, I think those things that it does well, it kind of like provides you. It's actually something I've always thought that for, I wish there was a, a Serato Studio version of Photoshop, you know, like, mm. like I hate Photoshop. I'm sorry. I'm sure some people love Photoshop, but like if I'm just trying to make a picture, like just it's just i know it can do everything like and i appreciate that but it's kind of like for me i just want to like do these things you know these really basic yeah. things so i can get like something straight straightforward um and 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 that's that's the way i kind of relate it to is like you know i can definitely spend a, a like it took me like 10 years um to learn certain other products um yeah just to get like a basic beat sounding decent and it was like it was a good a good process not trying to this that anyway but um well i think they, they all have their place right i think every you know every tool has its place i mean um you know if i was to sit down and i wanted to make like a really like deep techno record i probably wouldn't to be honest i probably wouldn't start with studio you know i yeah. might start with it but i'd need to move on to, to maybe something to add like crazy layers and things sure but if i want to get some um you know 95 percent of what i make done you know like if i want to get beats to rappers if i want to do some instrumental hip-hop if i want to do um you know future beats kind of stuff studio is great i mean but in saying that i mean seeing what like gons and stuff does in studio he's he's crazy like how, I'd, I'd love to see more of how he does that stuff i, well, I know he just put it in the chat like my workflow has been so much faster but then he's doing these crazy drum and bass build-ups and all this stuff that to be honest it's kind of hard it's probably harder to do in studio 
I think, uh, but he's working with it and he's killing it. So well, shout out to Gons, man. If you want to see his process, you should definitely go check out Gons's YouTube. Uh, uh, Gons does actually. I think you're doing a stream tomorrow. Is that right, Gons? Where you're breaking down how you made your your kitchen uh, submission? I, I know you're live streaming pretty regularly these days, and it's really great. Like it's super helpful to see like little things and just. You know, that's the great thing about like live streaming stuff as well is like you've seen different people's approach to making music because much like you said, um, you know, like what we're talking about with samples is so many different ways to approach it. There's so many different ways to approach production and it's super great about all the all the people that are, are streaming. Yeah. So, OK, what time today, Gons? What time are you streaming today? Let's put it up here so people can tune in uh, because you always learn, um, you know, new things about you know things that you 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 may have just overlooked uh yeah that's right you went salsa so 7 30 central standard time i think that's like uh uh 5 30 pacific time i'm i'm probably not wrong but yeah if you if you have if you know um if you know american time zones you'll probably be able to figure it out pretty quick but yeah definitely give gons a follow and i think even your youtube is is super helpful because all of them live up there later which is like uh, Serato Studio Gons. So, so thank you so much for that awesome name. Uh, yeah, we, we, we really love what you do. Yeah, thank you, Burnt CDs. So that's 530 PS, PST. Um, but yeah, now moving on um, from that, uh, you talk about working with artists and, and, and you like, you know, working, uh, sending beats to artists. But, you know, if, if you could collaborate with any artist, dead or alive, who would you like to make beats with or for? Oh man, that's a, that's a, what a question. So many people. Um, I mean, it'd be really fun to do like a Houston crossover, like do like a Trey, like Trey the Paul truth. Wall. Yeah. Trey the truth, yeah. Paul wall, like, you know, slim thug kind of thing. That'd be fun. Um, I'm going to start like doing, I know it's like the really obvious answer, but doing a song with Drake, you know, like I'm, I'm a big fan of like, a lot of Drake sound, um, you know, the, the Noah 40 kind of style production, you know, I think it's evolved over time. I know that's a really obvious answer. Do a song with UGK. That'd be cool. Um, but I don't, I don't, I'm a fan of like, I know it seems like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm really into Houston. So I'm into like a lot of music. I think that's the big thing, right? Like I, like I will listen to the new young thug album and I'll, then I'll go and listen to, like Larry June, and then I'll go and listen to an old like Rasco album, you know, like Planet Asia. Or like, I think like I've always been like really, really, I think open to a lot of different music um, and a lot of different styles. Like I've never been like underground hip hop or mainstream hip hop, and like one's whack or one's whatever. Like I just, I just like music, you know. I'll um, I listen to country music. I listen to, um, but you know, in terms of like collaborations, let's put like. I don't know, Xavier Wolf from Memphis and Slim Thug on a song or something, you know, like that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty realistic. Um, but yeah. yeah, Beyonce also from Texas. I know that you're probably not producing for Beyonce, are you? Uh, are, you are you trying to set me up? Matt's like, Matt, Matt's, Matt's um, upset that I don't love the new Beyonce record. <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough 70 it's, beats per minute bangers on there for you yeah know? it's cool it's like i it's like it's great it's you know it's sonically great um and like you know there's no denying beyonce is an amazing singer i'm not a fan of some of those songs that's all they're too high energy for me look at me 
I'm like talking at like three BPM per hour, right? I'm mumbling away. I, I can't listen to like a Beyonce house song. I need to listen to something that's like 45 BPM. You should chop and screw it, dude. That, that's the way to do it. Yeah, like, t- yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's, the, that's the challenge. That's next week's sa- sample challenge. Chopping and screwing. Break my soul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... um. Outside of that, um, what song? What's what's one song that you'd recommend that we listen today to today? I'm gonna say, I mean, so the song that made me want to want to start scratching was "You're Gonna Get Yours," the reanimated TX version of um, Public Enemy's Greatest Misses. Oh wow! There, so that's that's a as basic. So the Greatest Misses, I think, is like a kind of like a remix slash compilation album of like public enemies greatest hits um and there's like a basically like a scratch version of you're gonna get yours and i think it's like listed as the terminator x thing but i think it's um so is it johnny um who's the guy that did like most of the cuts for for public enemy it, like it wasn't terminator x it was i just um, assumed it was terminator x nah there was some like there's some controversy that controversy there man um I'm pretty sure like the dude that did a lot of the cuts was not Terminator X. Let's just find his name so we can shout him out properly. Okay. Um, uh, give me a sec. Johnny, yeah, Johnny Juice Rosado. Oh, wow. Not 100% sure if he did the cuts on that one, but I know he did like, he was like the ghost DJ for a lot of those cuts. Oh, yeah, here we um, go. Johnny Juice Rosado. Wow. Yeah, he's been at NAMM. Shoot. Yeah. So that song, um, that song's crazy because it's like it's basically like a three-minute-long scratch exercise. And look, I mean, it hasn't dated particularly well. Like, it's not something I'm going to bang on the way to work every morning. Um, but it's just a cool thing. Like for me, that was like a a moment, you know, like where that's like what I wonder. I tried to do all those scratches on my dad's turntable with the the phono line kind of, you know, like the yep. rotary switch. Um, there's that for sure. Um, I know I've said it before, Seeing Green, what a, it's such a great Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne and Drake song. Even if you're not a fan of those artists, it's like a, that's like a hip hop song. Yeah. Um, there's probably like albums as well. Like if you're not familiar with that kind of like that, that funk sound, that's, that's big, you know, um, like this, the Sudier, the guy from, he's like Pirelli. Um, he's got like volume one, two, three. Okay. Um, so his, his like EPs or albums on, they're on Spotify. It's just a, it's just cool like cool jazz samples, hard kind of trap drums, slow. It's atmospheric, um, and then if you're not familiar, probably my like my one of my most like favorite songs is this um, "Swang" by Trey. Oh yeah, the remix song Fa- or the original? Nah, Fat Pack and Hawk. There's an original version that's only on YouTube, I think, with the, like a Michael Jackson sample. Oh yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I have because the, the ones on the streaming providers, I, I, maybe they couldn't clear the sample or something. It's kind of replayed and it's not quite as good. Yeah, that's... Um, but that's like that's one of my favorite songs, and it's such a it's a bit of an oddball one, but it just sums me up. You know, it's like it's it's mellow, it's but it's kind of smooth. It's big, um, and this makes me want to drive around in a car. You know. <laughs> yeah, let's pull that up. Actually, um, I love that song. Also, um, it's. Hopefully this is the right version. Let me just see. That's not it. That's not. That's the replay. There is one on YouTube. I'm sure. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we are live, but I, I want to, I want to um, save us a lot of time while I try and figure out. Yeah, but yes, the MJ sample, <laughs> it's um, "Lady in My Life," I think is the sample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, that's just one of my favorite beats. Um, so good. And to be honest, a lot of that sound, like you can hear it in uh, like the Sudia stuff. Um, what else? I said, go and go and check out Ryan Celsius, like the the Trappin' in Japan series on YouTube. It's not, you know, it's not a song, but it's like an hour of just cool, um, cool beats. It's mellow. The rapping is very background. You know, it's like very beat focused. The rapping is almost like the rhythm rather than you're not listening to it for like the, the wordplay. Yeah. Um, I think that's also what I like about it. It's like, it's like a rhythmic, um, element. Yeah. Um, shout but out yeah. Miss, Miss Shady and, and here, um, big fan of the Kiwi accent. That's always nice to hear. Um, Thank you. Hopefully, um, hopefully you can actually understand me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's actually really funny. Um, I'm glad you brought that up uh, because I, I remember one time Sonny James, uh, OP, Derek, uh, and the crew, we were all over in New Zealand. I think somebody, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was doing a presentation for like in the marketing team. And there were just really thick New Zealand accent. And I could just see Sonny leaning in really hard trying, trying to like break it down. And I was like, oh, I think we need a translator here. Um <laughs> And yeah, even my it's, it's, all, it's always kind of humbling that like you'll watch a, a documentary or something, you know, made in the US and they have a, a New Zealander on it and it'll be like subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, hey, thanks, uh, Manila Ice. Um, I'm yeah, unable to, to pull that up, uh, unfortunately, just the situation I got here. But yeah, I appreciate you. Um, if you haven't checked out the, the Trey the Truth song, definitely check it out. Um, with, you got to get the one with the MJ sample. In fact, um, just so you know, I'm, hopefully we're going to get a Discord channel f fired up for Unscripted so a lot of the links and the things that we are talking about can live on so that if you're watching this on YouTube or something like that in the future, you'll, you'll, you'll see that in there. So we're going to try and fire that up real soon. Uh, hold tight. Uh, I'll, try and, I'll try and put some stuff in there. But if you're not already, uh, like I said earlier, get in the Discord for the, for the beats, um, the Soros Kitchen beats. Is just, it's always a good spot and it's only going to get better. So uh, let me just throw that link up in here. One second. Yeah, it's the Serato Discord. Uh, we'll try and put it in the YouTube link too, so you can uh, you can tap in, as they say. Now, one of the other thing I really like about um, knowing you <laughs> as a friend is um, you enjoy some really uh, novice and funny music performances um, that are, I mean, are artist subjective. It's a it's a funny thing sometimes, and sometimes people don't get it quite right. Some people do, but sometimes it's nice just to watch the attempts at things. Um, now, um, did you see there's a there's a lady, um, who a young, very young lady who jumped up on stage recently with an artist called Sarani, um, in uh, in Manchester, and uh, they did a a performance on stage. Have you seen this? No. no. I think you might enjoy this. I want to pull it up here for a second. So if you're not familiar with the artist Sarani, he's a reggae singer, um, really good reggae singer. He's got a song called No Games. Hold up. <laughs> Uh -huh. hey, what's your name? It's, it's 
So there we have it. Uh, hopefully that uh, inspires you. It gives you some good vibes for a day. What do you think of that, Nick? Oh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, you're you're hundred percent right. I love um, you know like comedic music. Um, it's kind of I think music is is fun to play with, right? And whether it's intentionally bad or unintentionally bad, it can you know get me in a good mood. Um, I always loved the. Was it, I think it was like saint sanders do you remember that youtube channel and he did like the shreds you remember the shreds <laughs> series and it would be like a live concert of santana or metallica and he's re and he's overdubbed it and replayed things like really really professionally but really badly and it'd be like just the dude on the bongos and it's like in time with the video but it's also really really bad um like that that shit just kills me like a <laughs> um there's some great instagram channels dedicated to like that kind of stuff too which yeah no i love it. i mean music's it can't be too serious right it's here to bring us all kinds of emotions and sometimes it can be like just hilarious um i mean i've made lots of stupid music in my life and put it out under aliases so you know like <laughs> absolutely fun. Yeah. actually this is great this is a really great time in this chat right here because we have a couple people that have just joined um who um we have a, a twitch is a great place for like esoteric humor and 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 bad jokes now um I want to say kia ora and what up to Uchazu and uh, Manila Ice, who are two of my favorite um, cringy music fans. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, uh, oh yeah, there I ruined it as a great account. Thank you, yeah. uh, Mr. Sunny James. Um, but I see Manila Ice is uh, greeting our friend Uchazu with uh, a very nice uh, way of saying hello. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> you're actually the person who told me about Skarnon. Um Can you please, uh, can you please elaborate on the origins of Skarnon? Yeah, it was an Aussie thing. So hopefully the Australians don't get too mad at me. Um, but I, so I, I believe that there is a mixtape series or an album, or maybe it's a song by an Australian rapper. Um, and it's called Skarnon. <laughs> And it's spelled, yeah, scar, non. Like I think someone put in the chat, like, you know, scar and non. Um, but it's like, what, what's going on? What's going on, everyone? Um, scar, non. Anyway, that's, what a great name for a mixtape. Uh, let me just see if I can pull it up, eh? Sure. <laughs> this is exactly what we need Discord for, oh, yeah. for stuff like this. Ken Hell and Weapon X. Um, yeah, so I think they... Yeah, they were like quite influential Australian rappers. Um, yeah, and they had the Scan On mixtape series. Wow. Right. Yeah. There's, oh. there's quite a lot of funny shared humor between Australia and New Zealand. Similar, similar but very different. Um, yeah, they've even got an yeah. emote for Scan On. It's great. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> where, does that, is that, how, where does that come from? I think that's um, uh, Eros David. Uh, I think he made it. Uh, please confirm in the chat, Manila Ice. But yeah, there's a scar non emote. It's worth sub subbing just for that. Yeah. Now that stuff's funny, man. Like, you know, you can't be too serious with life, right? Life's you got to. You're only here once. You got to have fun. Um, exactly. So, yeah. What was it? I saw Sunny put in there. I ruined it. Great Instagram account. There's another one like Catatonic Youths. Uh, do you know? Do you know that account, Matt? Uh, no, but I mean, I'd love to, for you to tell us about these accounts because I know that you have a, a pretty good, um, yeah, you have a pretty a, a good collection of things like that. Um, and I just like to go, I just like to go deep on stuff sometimes, <laughs> you know. It's like if I find something funny, then 
I want to learn everything about it. <laughs> the catat catatonic youths is actually it's it's a, maybe a little bit sad. They repost um, unintentionally funny stuff like just amateur music, but it's also amazing. Um, yeah, the way he edits edits it as well to make it worse is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> to make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah. But look, um, I know we're we're, we're definitely. Uh, taking up a lot of your time. I really appreciate your time, uh, Nick. And there's a question that we have to ask every artist. Well, not have to. We just like to ask every artist uh, and every guest on the show. So it's my time to ask you that question. Um, and it's really what this is about, this whole podcast. Um, and the question is, what does the power of music mean to you? It's a deep question, Matt. I think, um, but it's a gr I think for me, like it's, it's like music powers my life. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's come across, hopefully, but like everything I do kind of revolves around music. Um, if I jump in the car, I'm not thinking really about what podcast I'll put on. I mean, I like to listen and learn, but usually it's like, what is the new album that's come out today or this week? And I'll try and check that out. Um, if I, you know, I obviously with work, I'm making tools to make music with or to perform music with Serata DJ and studio and, and sample. So that's like powered my career, which I'm really thankful for. You know, they, I know they always say, you know, like if you find a job you love, you never feel like you're working. And that's very true for me, which I'm really, really, you know, you know, blessed. You know, I, I feel like that's, you know, I don't take that for granted or I try not to. Um, yeah, I, you know, the first thing I'll, I'll do, like I'll come home and I'll put some music on, like put some jazz on while we eat dinner. You know, it's like for the family. I'll try and get them exposed to different kinds of music. It's just, that's the yeah like i could i can live i couldn't i couldn't live without music you know i think for me like i could give up the tv i could give up netflix youtube whatever but it's like the music thing has got to be there i'll finish work sitting at this desk like thinking about features for studio or dj or sample and then i'll go have dinner put the kids to bed and then i'll come back and make beats on the same computer using serato stuff um so like for me it's a very 24-hour thing you know um and then yeah i'll turn it off and then i'll go on youtube and try and find some funny music if i'm in the mood or I'll go and research, I don't know, a Memphis rap wormhole or go and, you know, think about what my, you know, jump on a group chat with friends and we'll debate what's the best Nas album outside of Illmatic. Um, you know, so like, yeah, man, I, it's, you know, it's, it is like very much like I'm a, I feel like I'm a student of music for life. You know, it's, it's something I can't, I can't put it down. Um, some people have music as part of their thing. Some people don't. And I'm, I, I'm thankful that it's a big part of, what defines me um and what i enjoy you know there's nothing nothing you know more interesting you know like i'll, I'll jump on a call with you guys so it'll be a work call right i'll jump on like with the artist relations crew and probably the first 10 minutes we'll be discussing an obscure alchemist produced song or like do you remember this record like it was like a, a raucous b-side or something you know like and it's like and it's cool and I might not know it and I've learned something and, or you guys might not know it and you've learned something and yeah um, I don't know it, there's too much music to keep up with so I'm always learning I'm always discovering um, and I'm open to everything you know like it's I, I just in general you know everything every genre can there might be a song you might hate country music but you'll find a song that gives you a feeling so yeah yeah absolutely right man it's funny I was, I was actually saying to my barber today um I was like, oh yeah, you know, like the great thing about music is it's like a game that you can never win. Like you'll just never, it, there's no right. end. It just goes on forever. Yeah. And it, 
yeah, totally. And it themes, you know, there's a theme for everything, right? Like, and I think that's where like, I can't wake up in the morning and drive to work and listen, listening to like greatest hits of Walk a Flock of Flame, right? It's not like it's, <laughs> I might put on something smooth. I might put on a, yeah, a, a jazz record, but then on the way home, I might feel like something. So it's, it's like a soundtrack for your life, right? Um, yeah. And from that, I'm learned, like, I guess as well as a producer, right? Like I'm always just studying how stuff's made, which has kind of ruined music a little bit. Because <laughs> you're like, the first, it comes on, I don't even bob my head. I'm just like, freeze, listen, okay, that's happening, that's happening. And then you kind of, then you get into the zone. So, yeah. But but in, in saying that also, there's, I, 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 know, I know what you mean, where you can break things down, you can understand how things are made. And sometimes that can take the joy away out of it, but it can also yeah. sometimes make you go, well, why didn't I think of that? Like, totally, it's yeah. really not that complicated. And, you know, actually sometimes with these sample challenges is, is not, sorry to be bringing it always back to that. But for me, that's like a constant thing that's really been, I've been learning a lot from personally, where it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, I, maybe, should I chop the sample up? Maybe not. Some Like so many of my favorite songs by some of the best producers are really just loops with drums. Yeah. And it's like, that's enough, you know? And sometimes it's like, they're really this, there's this fine line of like just the right elements and just putting the right things where they need to be and then letting it exist. And, um, and then at other times you're like, I don't, I don't know how they even got to that thought, you know, like how do they even find that sound? How do they create that synth patch or like as, you know, how right. do they design that sound? It can be both extremes, right? Where it's like very, very intellectual or sometimes it's just like not complicated at all. It's like, right, right, right. And uh, yeah, and often it's that it's either it's either super simple on the surface, or it's some crazy micro chop thing like you know we're talking about with Havoc, like yeah. with Shook Ones or Hell on Earth, where he's done something that sounds crazy simple, but is like incredibly genius behind the scenes, and that's what's great about music, right? You can approach it from so many angles, um, and create soundtracks for people's lives. And I'm really happy to be part of that, not only as a producer myself. Uh, and a DJ, but also like being able to make tools that people can go on and do that, you know. So, um, just happy to be here, man. Thankful, you know. It's like really, really glad that I've been able to carve out a cool path for myself, and um, hope that you know that could inspire some people. But um, yeah, just just thankful, man. You know, like I've enjoyed the journey so far. Well, I think it's uh, only appropriate to say thank you, Forty One Beats. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, man. That's um, a that's a state that that's that's uh, Lex Luger, eh? Oh, is um, it? Yeah, yeah. That's from a that's from a Serato Kitchen stream. Oh wow, yeah. Uh, he uh, that little tag, that little beat tag. He um, yeah. He was trying to do something, and I was like, "Yo, do it like this in the chat." And he's like, "Yo, well, thank you, Forty One Beats." And then I just <laughs> I was like, "Hey, that's cool." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can we get thank you, Forty One Beats, in the chat for thank you to thank Nick for his time on the <laughs> on the on the chat today. Um, that's your beat tag and that's what we'd like to say to you today um also um shout out dj kurisu i hope i'm saying that right says chirikazi bros which is a very new zealand uh greeting (laughs) also um (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah thank you again nick um been a really pleasure to talk to you Uh, uh it's always a pleasure working with you too um and uh yeah thank you to everyone who tuned in today um is there anything you'd like to to say or shout out before before we we bounce nick no, I mean, again, thank thank you for listening, um, tuning in. Shout out to everyone that's, you know, taking the time to listen. Um, shout out to everyone that's using Serato products 
you know, thank you for, I know that seems seems weird, but you know, I, everyone from Jazzy Jeff to, you know, a, a person in their bedroom that's starting tomorrow, it's just, it's amazing that, you know, we're being able to affect their lives. So thank you for being a customer of ours. It's, it's great. Um, shout out to the Serato Kitchen crew. Seems like there's a building kind of community there. Love to see more people in there submitting beats. I know it's intimidating, but you know, don't die empty. Sorry, die empty. Don't die empty. <laughs> die empty. You know, get 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 stuff out of your uh, you know out of your hard drive and submit it and get feedback. And that's how you learn as well, right? Um, so, come and come and join us. It's great, great banter. Um, it's a great way to learn. Like you say, Matt. You know, when you're all using the same sample and everyone's flipping it differently, it's just a and it's cool, like a weekly motivation thing as well, right? So, shout out to the kitchen crew. Yeah, shout out to everyone. Shout out to the world. <laughs> the world of music for sure yeah 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 all right um well grab your togs and hit let's hit the beach <laughs> yeah. that's right yeah. <laughs> we're gonna grab our togs and and yeah hit the hit the work bench um but yeah okay all right with that everybody uh we're gonna we're gonna bid you adieu and we'll see you next week actually next week we've got another one uh with mike nasty so if you're around tune in um great to see you all again and yeah hope you have a great week everybody peace Peace. See you later.